This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, I welcome all of you here this morning. I'm glad to see you. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. I, I encourage you to get in the Bible however you can. You know, Jesus said this. He said that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we got to get in the Word. You get in the Word and God will get into you. Once you get your Bible, go with me to the book of Amos, chapter 3. Some of you say, where is Amos? Famous Amos. Well, you go to Daniel, the book of Joel, and then uh, Hosea, and then you'll jump right in to the book of Amos. Now, we're starting a new series on our words, and sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will break my heart. And so we're going to look at the Word of God and see what it has to say as far as this pertains You know, my mind, it reveals the things that I think. But my mouth gives expression to what I think, what I want, and what I desire. And so our words are very important. You know, King Daniel said this, not King Daniel, King David in Psalm 91, he said, He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Lord, and I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. So those are very important. Hey, before I get going, let me do some things real quick. Adam, where are you and your wife at? Stand up. This is Adam uh, Garcia and his wife, Jamie. He, <laughs> tell you, we, we've been blessed. They've been married since March, correct? Way to go, Pastor. What a memory. Bless you guys. He's, he's a Marine, so we honor him. Glad you're here today. And then right next to him is Will. Will, why don't you go and sit, stand up? This is your last Sunday to be with us also. Another Marine. I, I feel safe having two Marines in here today, so bless you guys. Glad to have you with us. All right, we begin in, in Amos chapter 3, verse number 1. It says, Hear this, the word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Now, because of the relationship that God has with the Israelites, there was great responsibility on them. I mean, God set the standard up really high on them. And so he says this in verse 3. Can two walk together unless they agree? So... For me to walk with God, I must agree with God. And I agree with God, not only with my words that I speak, but also in my obedience, I learned to agree with Him. So really, to walk with God, i got to begin to say the things that God says. i got to begin to believe what God said in His Word. And, And when you begin to look at all this, too many times as our life as human beings... We don't want uh, to agree with God. We want God to agree with us. But we get it backwards. We are to agree with God. And so part of this is I've got to start speaking and learning to say the same things that God said. Now in saying that, go with me to the book of Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter 10, and as, as you're turning there, Some of you may say, well, when you talk about words, I've heard that before. Well, just because you may have heard that before doesn't necessarily mean you know it. 
and may not necessarily mean you live it. And so this may be a refresher to you. This may cause the, the bar of your life to go back up. And the goal here today is to be relevant with every one of you in here. I don't care how old you are. It's not too late to change the things you say. Or if you're really young today, or you even consider yourself really young today, get a hold of this. I wish I would have got a hold of this teaching when I was a teenager. And so this will pertain to every one of us in this room. Now, right here in the, the book of Romans chapter 10, he'll lead us into how we become saved as human beings, but it pertains to every area in our lives. Begin Romans 10 verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Now, if I read that correctly, he's telling me here, faith speaks this way. Faith must have a language of its own. So we got to sit here and just for a minute and digest this and get a hold of this. In Romans 10, 17, that exact same chapter, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the only way I get faith is to hear the word of God and I continue to hear the word of God. So with that mindset right there, I got to hear the word of God for faith to come. Then back to verse 6, he says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. So what's the, the, the faith that speaks? It's the word of God. I've got to learn to get my mouth in agreement with what the word of God said. And when I begin to get to grip my mouth in agreement with the word of God, the word rhema itself means the spoken word. I'm to speak the word of God. Over and over again. Now, same chapter, verse 8. Verses 8, 9, and 10 tell you how to get born again. Watch this in verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if who you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Keep reading. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and, with righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So he tells me how to get born again right there. To believe in the heart and to confess with their mouth. So when I look at that, it's relatively easy to get born again. I got to just walk that out and I got to do that. You can do that in person. You can do that at home. You can do that in an audience. But that's how you get born again. So let's go back and really dissect a little. Verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth. Oral confession right here, it confirms and it seals the belief in our heart. You don't get saved without confessing Jesus is Lord of your life. Keep reading. And you believe in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised from them the dead, you will be saved. So we see the importance and the power of faith's confession. But he didn't stop right there. He goes on to say, God's righteous working in our behalf right here is appropriated by heart belief and the confession of your mouth. Now listen real close. The way the things of God continue in your life and in my life is the exact same way. 
That isn't just good for salvation. That's good for every area of my life. I believe the word of God with my heart. And I confess it with my mouth. And so in saying that right there. When we read all that. You begin to see that my faith will rise or sink to the level of my confession. I must begin to speak the word of God. So when I say to speak the word of God. That is to affirm the word of God. When I affirm the word of God and I speak it out of my mouth, my faith will begin to soar. I begin to believe those things that I say. Now in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So to order to please God, I got to get faith. How do I give faith? I start hearing the word of God, but to release faith, I got to speak it out of my mouth. I got to begin to get my mouth and my tongue in agreement right here with what God said. So the key key to faith is you got to hear the word and you got to speak the word over and over and over again. I just keep speaking the word and I keep getting a hold of it. To affirm the word of God is to prevail in life. Actually, this is Amos 3.3. To agree with the word of God, I got to begin to speak the word of God. Now, why do I confess out of my mouth weakness when Joel chapter 2 verse 10 says, let the weak say I'm strong? Why do I say out of my mouth, I can't, when Philippians 4.13 says, I can't? Why do I confess out of my mouth fear when 2 Timothy 1.7 says God hadn't given me a spirit of fear? So I'm just beginning to give you a little bit of analogies about how we as human beings, we operate many times. We begin to say things that do not agree with the word of God. I've got to learn to agree with God again and again and again. So go with me to the book of Mark chapter number 11. Mark chapter 11. And as you're turning there, let me paraphrase just a little bit what's going on in this passage. In Mark 11, Jesus sees a fig tree from a distance and he's hungry. And when he gets up and he sees the fig tree and there's no fruit on it, he curses it. He doesn't say, you blankety blank tree. He just speaks negative toward the tree. And he said, from this day forward, you won't produce. You'll dry up by the roots. A few days later, him and his disciples are walking by that tree. And they look and they say, look, Jesus, the tree you cursed is now dead. And so right there, Jesus uses that as an instruction to teach me and you about faith. So we begin in Mark 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, his disciples, have faith in God. One translation says... Have the God kind of faith. The Amplified says, have faith in God constantly, over and over and over again. So Jesus right here, he says, Has faith, have faith in God. But he just doesn't say that and say, now you guys figure it out. He said, have faith in God. And in the next few verses, he explains how the faith of God works. So watch in verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, 
be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, Jesus right there, he, he lets us know the power of faith-filled words. But there's a dangerous part of the end of verse 23 when he says, you will have whatever you say. Let me make this clear today. You will have whatever you say as long as it lines up with the Word of God. Okay? I want to make that very clear. Some of you may remember this, but in times past, there's been teachings that were called name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Speak it and God will lick it. Now, listen. You got to get in line with the Word of God, okay? God's not going to give you something that doesn't line up with Him. And God's not going to give any of us in this room something that would harm us before we need it. It would be like me giving a, a three-year-old a gun and saying, here you go, buddy. Go play with it on the playground. No, we wouldn't do that. But in times in their life when they become mature and able, where they're able to handle that, you could give them one. But that doesn't happen overnight. So what we've got to do here is we've got to break down verse 23. He said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, now, an interesting point right here with Jesus is he doesn't deny that the mountain exists. He doesn't pretend, you know what, if you just ignore it, it will just go away. He doesn't pretend that in a process of time, when you start getting older, it will just leave. No, he doesn't deny the existence of the mountain. He just goes ahead and says right there, for who, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain. Now, human nature, most of the time, this is what we do. We talk about the mountain. We think about it, talk about it, talk about it, think about it, think about it, talk about it. Anybody we can get to listen to us will tell them all about the mountain in our life. But it's interesting right here that Jesus said you got two choices. You'll either talk about the mountain or you'll talk to the mountain. And it's interesting here that he said, talk to the mountain. The word of God right here, Jesus himself, he instructs us to talk to them. He says, whoever will say unto this mountain. Now, when I look at this right here, I got born again in my life when I was about 19 years old. I lived for the devil the first 19 years of my life. I give my heart to Jesus and I'm 20 and 21 years old. And I start taking large quantities of the word of God in me. And you say, how much of the word of God? I was getting a minimum of five hours of the word of God in me every day. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, for one hour straight on every one of those days... I was getting Mark 11, 22, 23, 24 in me. And that lasted a year. And so this has become part of me. I hear it daily, over and over again. Over and over. Whoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be cast the sea, and I doubt in his heart, believe those things he said, he'll have whatever he says. And so we begin to get on the inside of me. Big time. But in the ages between 20 and 24 of my life, I was going through some of the, the, the strongest battles I'd ever been through in my life. 
alcohol. I mean, I can name things over and over again. One of the biggest obstacles that I'm going through in my life at this time is I have huge issues with my sleep. I don't sleep well at night. And not only did I not sleep well at night, I walked in my sleep, I talked in my sleep, I did bizarre and crazy things in my sleep. I mean, not good things. I could go on and tell you story after story about what would happen at night when I'd go to bed. So in my life, one of the mountains at that time was my sleep. So this is what we do. We got to find out, what does the Word of God say about the mountains in my life? So I go and I start studying the scriptures about what does God say about sleep in the Bible? Psalms 127.2, Psalms 4 and 8, Proverbs 3.24. Here's a really good one. If you work hard, if you labor hard, Ecclesiastes 5.12. He says to those who labor, I'll give them sweet sleep. Every one of those things had to do with what God said about my sleep. And so when I begin to see what the Word of God said, I had to come into agreement with that. So my prayer life started changing, and I literally started praying those verses. I would say, Father God, you said that when I lie down and go to sleep, my my sleep will be sweet and peaceful. Now listen close to me. That didn't change overnight. A lot of times as human beings, when we don't have change overnight, we get really frustrated. We live in what I call the ATM society. I want it now. And when we don't have things now, you know what our thought is? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Or it wasn't the will of God. Let me tell you, that's a cop-out, okay? I got to stay with the Word of God, and I got to begin to believe the Word of God. So over and over in my life, I begin to start saying things that the Bible said. I speak divine health over my life every day. I say this out of my mouth every day. I thank you today, Lord, I walk in divine health. No sickness or disease will come near my dwelling. Where do you base that off of? 1 Peter 2, 24, Matthew 8, 17, Isaiah 53, 5. Every one of those are healing scriptures. I believe that for my life. I walk in divine health. Do you ever get sick? I don't get sick. And some of you say, you better knock on wood. I'm not going to knock on wood. I'm going to speak the word because the rhema itself means the spoken word. I get in agreement with God. So literally that is Amos 3.3. To walk with God, you got to agree with God. So he says right here, you got to begin to speak to the mountain. Now think about this when we talk about that. Many times as human beings, we have the tendency to be triers of the word. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word. But a lot of times, we just want to try the word. Well, you don't try the word. You do the word, and you keep doing the word, and you keep doing the word, and you keep doing it. So when I talk about right there, persistence is very vital, okay? Don't give in and don't give up. So he goes on to say, for surely I said, whoever says the mountain, be there removed me, cast thee, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So as I read this right here, I've got to begin to believe God's word 
And I got to become disciplined in my speaking. What am I saying? And let me ask you this right now. Do you have mountains in your life? I would venture to say that every one of us in this room have some mountain. Some of you may have a molehill and some of you may have a pike's peak. But they're mountains. So here's the question. What are you speaking to your mountain? It's bad. It's bad. Pastor, we're never going to make it. My kids are bad. They're crazy. See, Proverbs 18, 21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. My husband's as ugly as the devil himself. See, if we're not careful, our mouths are loaded guns. James 1.19 says, be swift to hear and slow to speak. Have you ever noticed this with God? He gave us two ears, two eyes, two nostrils, and one mouth. And that one mouth can be awfully dangerous, okay? Unless I get disciplined and I begin to speak what God speaks. Now, look over a couple books to the book of Titus. And you say, oh, pastor, where's Titus? You'll go through 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, and then you'll cruise right on into Titus, Titus chapter 3. I will tell you this, the upcoming weeks, you will probably refer, hear me refer back to Mark 11 over and over again because it talks about I got to say. I got to say to my mountains. I got to begin to speak to the mountains of my life. Now, here we are in the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm. Now listen real close to me to the word affirm, okay? The word affirm, it literally means a statement of truth you make firm by repetition. So you know what he's telling me right there? You got to affirm it over and over and over, over and over. So he said... You will affirm constantly. Keep speaking and keep speaking and keep speaking. Remember, the word is near you in your mouth. He goes on to say that those who have believed in God, right there, guys, you get the mouth and the heart right there. Those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain or apply good works. These things are good and profitable to men. So my, my assignment there is to constantly affirm what God said. Keep just speaking the things of God. Turn one page, two pages to the book of Philemon or Philemon. Verse 6. It's just one chapter. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. How did he say your faith would become effective? You got to share it. How do you share it? You got to open your mouth. You got to talk about it. And so he tells me right here again, he said, that the sharing of my faith become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So I start acknowledging out of my mouth every good thing that Jesus has done for me. What has he done for me? He saved me. He's forgiven me. He's set me free. He's blessed me. So I go around 
And I acknowledge this. I share this. I begin to affirm it on a daily basis. And I say, man, Lord, you've been good to me. And it's interesting to this to me here that he says that you may become. You may become. See, the more I speak about the things of God in my life, the more real they become to me. And you start talking about the things of God. It may seem distant, but you keep talking about it. And you watch what God will begin to do. Keep turning. The very next book of the Bible is Hebrews 10. Go there. Hebrews 10. Learn to speak God's word over every area of your life. Now watch this. I'm just giving you one more verse here. Verse 23. Let us, me and you, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering or doubting. Now, when he talks about the confession right there, he's not talking about going to the priest and confessing your sin, okay? When he talks about the confession there, he's talking about that you speak, you affirm. And what did he say here? Let us hold fast the confession. So the very thing you're speaking about, you hold on to it. I like to call it bulldog faith. You grab a hold of it like a bulldog does and you don't let go of it. Why? Watch this. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Who's he who promised? God. So what happens when I begin to find scripture in the word of God? He who promised that in the word of God is faithful. But understand the word of God is my title deed. So anytime that I can find scripture, I can always tell the devil it's finished. This is my proof right here. This is my title deed. And guess what? Psalm 119.89 says the word of God is forever settled in heaven. It won't change. So you can grab a hold of this and don't let go of it. I got to quit cursing my life by the words out of my mouth. I got to quit cursing my children. You know, the single most reliable factor of a child failing in life is the words that are spoken over him. You're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. You're going to end up in jail like your father. You act just like your mother. If you had a head, all it would be was hard. See, now, in saying that, some of you may have been brought up and you may have had words spoken over your life. I'll tell you right now, you don't have to believe that junk, okay? If you had some that said to you, your marriage will never amount to nothing, you curse those things and say, yeah, it will. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Start speaking the things of God. See, too many times we curse our marriage, we curse our children, we curse our future, we curse our jobs by the very words out of our mouth. Why is that such a big deal? Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So understand, all the words out of my mouth are seeds. And seeds reproduce after their own kind. So the very things you're saying, get ready. That's going to be your harvest. So the point of this is, we got to change what we're speaking. Now go to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And I want you to see this in action here this morning. So just in reviewing real quick, as you're turning to Mark 5, we are told in, in Titus, affirm the word constantly. 
Don't give up on it, okay? In Philemon, verse 6, we are to acknowledge the things of God. Woo, acknowledge. Keep thinking. Hebrews 10, 23, hold fast to that confession. Hold fast to it. I mean, like, it's a prized possession. And, and one of the greatest things that can help you in life is you begin to write down those scriptures. Put them on cards. Put them wherever you're at in, in your everyday life. I don't care if you have to tape them on your mirror, tape them on your dash of your car. Get where you begin to see the Word of God and start speaking it out of your mouth. The rhema, the spoken word. Here we are in, in Mark 5. Now, I, I don't know that there's a better passage in the Bible that will drive this point home today. We begin in verse 25, Mark 5, verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, 4,380 days. It's a long time. And had suffered many things from many physicians. You know what that means? She'd gone to doctor after doctor after doctor. Mm -mm. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Now think about that. How, how would you feel, man? You go to the doctor and you spend everything and you're worse. You just keep getting worse. You keep getting worse. So I believe right here we're safe to say this woman has a huge mountain in her life. Wouldn't you agree? This is a mountain. Okay? Verse 27. And when she heard about Jesus, and when she heard about Jesus, so we back up, review, review, rewind, rewind. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So she heard about Jesus. Keep reading. She came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. Now what would possess her to do that? You know what possessed her? Mark 3, verse 10. Listen to this. For he healed many, so that as many had afflictions pressed about him to touch him. So when it said she heard about Jesus, I believe she heard what Mark 3.10 said. That she had heard over and over, you get around Jesus and you're going to be healed. You touch the hem of his garment and she, you, will be, you, you shall be made well. And so this woman, she hears this. And after she hears it, she acts on what she hears. And she literally goes and touches the hem of his garment. But watch what happens through this whole passage. Verse 28. For she said. For she said. The mouth affirms or speaks what I believe or I expect. So what are you speaking out of your mouth? For she said. Here it is again. The confession of the mouth. For she said. Now what's interesting in this passage here. For she said. Is she spoke the desired result. Before it ever happened. So that's huge for me and you to understand. I got to start speaking to the mountain before it ever happens. And this is exactly what she did. She spoke to the mountain. You want to get another interesting point? For she said. For she said. Who was she talking to? 
I believe with all my heart she was talking to herself. And the reason I say that is because in a lot of Jewish commentaries, it specifically said that when she saw Jesus, she said out of her mouth, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. When I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. The whole time she's walking toward Jesus, she begins to voice her expectation. And if you'll note in there, she did not tag for she said, and then she tagged it, if it's God's will. Now that's a big point, okay? Because a lot of times, we'll use that statement, if it's God's will, as an excuse. Because if it doesn't happen, people will say, well, it's got God's will. But there are so many promises that are in the Bible that it's clear what God's will is. You know what God's will is? His word. It's his word. So anytime you can find the word of God, understand that's his will. How would that look? Well, if you've got an uncle or Uncle Buck that needs to be saved and you went to the Lord and say, Father God, we believe that Uncle Buck's going to be saved if it's your will. 1 Timothy 2 verses 3 and 4 say, It's God's will that all men should be saved. So why do I want to tag it if it's the will of God? It's his will. I can take you through the Bible and show you even in healing scriptures. In Luke 4, it says that God sent Jesus to heal. So again, I can find the word of God and that's his will. Anytime you find the word, it's his will. So I don't have to tag it that way. I just go ahead and believe it. So it said, for she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Hashtag, if it's his will. Not. Not. Okay? She spoke out of her mouth the desire of her heart. How did she speak it? Exactly as she wanted to receive it. Now remember, this woman's got mountains in her life. And so it's the same for me and you. That I begin to find the scriptures and I stand on that. And I begin to speak it exactly as the word of God said. Woo, he gives his beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. That's me. I'm his beloved. How did I become his beloved? I received Jesus as Lord of my life and I became an heir. So I know if he's promising sweet and peaceful sleep to his beloved, that's me. And some of you say, oh no, pastor, that's not me. It is you. If you're born again. But a lot of times, even in this situation, when things don't happen like we want them to, you know what we use? We use these two words called but and if. But, 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 pastor, you don't know my circumstances. You know what? You're right. I don't know your circumstances, but I do know the word of God. And don't try to tell me your circumstances is bigger or more powerful than the word of God. It's not. But I got to hold fast to the profession or the confession of my faith. Hang on to it. Now watch what goes on here. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Twelve years. And she's healed. Now there's an interesting point right there. Immediately. What happens in your life if it doesn't happen immediately? Well, it wasn't God's will. Told you it wouldn't work for me. No. We go back to what we read in Titus. Constantly affirm. And we go back to Hebrews 10, 23. Hold fast to that confession of faith. 
See, there's times in your life when you begin to speak the word of God, you're speaking it out of your mouth, but there's nothing to it. But if you keep speaking the word of God, the word of God, according to Hebrews 4.12, it's alive and it's powerful. And the more I speak the word of God, it starts taking root in your stomach, your heart. Start taking plant right there. See, even in my own life, with the area of sleep, it didn't happen immediately. But you know what I did? I held on to it. I bit down. I said, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'd crawl in bed and I'd say, oh, you're going to sleep like a baby tonight. And I slept like a madman. And you know what I'd do? I'd say, uh-uh. The Word of God's forever settled in heaven. The Word of God is... He who faithful is promised. Pastor, do you sleep well now? Oh, I do. I do. It's like a baby. I crawl in bed. Boom, boom. Now go the lights. It's over. It's awesome. Again, understand this. This has been in my heart for 30 plus years. I speak the word and I speak the word. He said immediately. Now watch what goes on. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power or virtue had gone out of him. Turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Watch this. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging, you say, who touched you? Jesus, you're crazy. The multitudes are bumping into him, touching him, grabbing him. I can only imagine what they're doing. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the reason he said, who touched me, is because he sensed virtue or power that went out of him. Now understand this. Do you think the only person that was there that day that had a mountain in her life was that woman? I don't believe so. I believed every one of them there were probably had mountains. And so, why did virtue or power only go out toward that one woman? Keep reading and you'll find out. Verse 32. And Jesus looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, daughter, it's your lucky day. Bingo. No. He said, daughter, your faith, your faith, your faith has made you whole. Jesus did not mention one thing about his power. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. So we rewind and we look at verse 27. And it said, when she heard about Jesus. So faith comes by hearing. And then in verse 28, she said. So you go back. Faith comes to believing and speaking again. And this woman began to speak and say what would happen. And when she did it. She tapped into his power. Will it work for me? Absolutely, it'll work for you. His power to heal had always been there. He was just waiting for someone to tap into it. I can go over here to this light switch... And if the lights are off in here right now, is the power there to turn those lights on? Yeah. Now, we could sit here and look at these lights all day and say, man, I wish they'd come on. And you'd say, you're nuts, man. Just go over there and hit the switch. 
Is the power there to turn them on? Yeah, it's there. All I got to do is hit the switch. You get what I'm saying? The power to heal, the power to move mountains, it's all here. I just got to flip the switch. I got to begin to speak the word. I got to begin to believe the word. So whose responsibility is just like it was hers? It was her responsibility to hear the word, and it became her responsibility to speak the word. Who, Pastor, that's good. You're preaching well. Understand, guys, this is 30 plus years of my life. And so this is one of the reasons God said, you got to teach this. People got to get a hold of this in their, in their tongues. Now, listen, I didn't come by it good and easy. I was programmed so negatively that the Lord told me, he said, you need to be held accountable to someone in your life that you give them permission that every time you say something negative, they have the opportunity to correct you. So you know who that was? Shelly. Angel wings. So we'd be driving down the road and I would say something out of my mouth. We're always broke. We never have enough. And she'd look at me and she'd say, is that what you want to happen? And I would look at her and stick my tongue out at her. It hurt. It hurt. And, and I had the opportunity to speak in her life, but for every ten times she corrected me, I only got to correct her once. But I began to appreciate it. And I would begin to be very careful with the words that came out of my mouth. Remember, your words are seeds. They will reproduce after their own kind. And so all this I began to see. Lord, change my heart. Change the way I speak. And you know what? I get around people and I may sneeze and they say, Oh, Pastor, you're, you're catching a cold. And you may hear me say, No, I'm not. I walk in divine health. I walk in divine health. And I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm not saying that proudfully, egotistic. I'm just saying what the Word of God. I'm going to walk in divine health. I'm not going to get my mouth in line with that stuff. Oh, Pastor, it's the Hong Kong flu and it's bad. And I know I'm going to get it. And then a couple of weeks later, I hadn't seen them. They came back and said, remember I told you it was the Hong Kong flu and it was bad and I'm going to get it? I got it. And I almost said, well, you're a prophet. You prophesied. Way to go. See, I got to guard my mouth. I got to guard my tongue. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.